Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Hello, how's everybody doing? I'm so excited that you're here. I have been waiting for this a very long time. So thank you for being here. So here we go. So tonight we are talking all things solutions for foster care stress. If you don't know me, I'm Kathleen Burst, LCSW. That basically just means I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a therapist in private practice coming to you live from my office tonight in Connecticut. And I want to just encourage you. I know as busy foster mamas, we can sometimes tend to maybe multitask, do more than one thing at one time. So I'm encouraging you to be present in this, in this conversation tonight. Keep your phone out of reach. Maybe close out of other browsers or programs. Grab a journal, maybe your favorite beverage, a little notebook or a pen and pencil, whatever it works for you. And just get ready for some you time. Cause this, I really, my intention behind this is to be able to give you some actionable things that you can do to take the stress out of your foster care journey, or at least significantly reduce the stress of your foster care journey. So you are in the right place. If you have been feeling alone on your foster care journey, or that you don't have people in your life who get it, which is something that I hear a lot from foster mamas. If you're dealing with the unknowns and the sudden changes of foster care is taking a toll on your mental health, which it does for so many of us, if you're struggling to stay in the present moment, ruminating on the past or constantly worrying about the future, another big one that I hear all the time, you're definitely in the right place. And if you love to learn evidence-based ways to process your emotions and stay mentally healthy, like I said, on this journey, then stick around. Stay tuned till the end. I have got lots of fun things for you. So my friend Jessica Matheson has created a fostering prayer printable that she is going to give to every single person who attends this webinar. And there's also an opportunity for you to get $100 fearless fostering credit that you can use for a session with me or a retreat in the future. And they, it never expires either. So that is something really exciting that I'm happy to offer tonight. So like I said, my name is Kathleen Burst. I am a mama of four. I recently just ended my four-year foster care journey after having adopted two bio siblings out of foster care. And I have two um, older bio sons as well. Married to my high school sweetheart, who is a high school math teacher. And see what else about me. I live in Connecticut outside New York City. And I'm pretty dang passionate about helping foster mamas make this journey as easy and stress-free as possible. So my work has been featured in places like the Real Mom Podcast with Jamie Finn, The Archibald Project, I Love What Matters, Real Simple Magazine, The Every Mom, and I'm also a certified anxiety treatment professional. That's what I specialize with in private practice. Um, I work a lot. I've worked in private practice for whew, how many years now? 11 years. 
and private practice and several more as a clinical social worker in schools and hospitals and all different places. So I want to start by telling you just a little bit about the start of my foster care journey because it was very, very, very different than I thought it was going to be. Six weeks in to my foster care journey, I was sobbing my eyes out in a Starbucks because my husband and I had just had the rug pulled out from under us at a case review meeting. And my heart ached in a way that I had literally never felt before. And I remember, I mean, just sitting there bawling, like begging for a caramel macchiato through like just tears. And my husband's looking at me and he's like, are are we sure that we can handle this? I like have tears in my eyes right now as I'm talking about it, because it's still so visceral and real. We weren't planning to adopt out of foster care. That wasn't necessarily our intention, but we just thought things were going to go a certain way. And then all of a sudden, boom, they went a completely different way with no notice at all. So maybe you can relate to that experience. So I suddenly found myself relying heavily on the skills that I was using in therapy with my clients to ease my own sense of overwhelm and anxiety, which thankfully I knew them. (laughs) So it really hit me at that point. Like if I was feeling this way, then a lot of other foster mamas probably did too. And that's truly how fearless fostering was born. Prior to that, I was sharing anxiety relief tactics and things like that on Instagram, just as a therapist. And then I realized, you know what? I really want to focus in on helping foster moms as much as I possibly can with this, because I saw the need for it in my own life, definitely. And then immediately started to talk to all these other foster moms who were feeling the same way. So thankfully, I'm so excited now. I've got, you know, 12,000 foster moms following me on Instagram, which makes me so happy to be able to show up and serve this community and extra thrilled to be able to share with you tonight. And I've also been able to share these strategies at talks and events for some of my favorite charitable organizations over the years, like Young Lives, which is a ministry to teenage moms and their kids, which is really exciting. So as I said before, our foster care journey has included every emotion imaginable. But for me, the uncertainty was particularly difficult. I like a plan. I like to know what's going to happen I, from a young age, like my mom would take us to the grocery store when we were kids and my brothers and sister would be like, we want a candy bar. And I was like, I want a planner. So that just tells you a little bit about what we're dealing with here. And so of course, foster care, there's nothing planned, right? Like you don't ever get that plan. You never get that sense of control. So what really started to impact my foster care journey was definitely my faith, but also mindfulness and evidence-based stress reduction techniques that support me in this journey and have encouraged me to have a deeper faith in God throughout our foster care journey, especially when our son's baby sister unexpectedly joined our family during the pandemic lockdown at two days old. So I don't know if anyone else here has gotten that call. You can say in the chat if you have, but my word, when the day of you get a baby, it's like a whole nother level of, we didn't see this coming. So honestly, looking back now that we're done with our foster care journey, I can truly say that like having a plan to manage the anxiety and stress of foster care completely changed our family for good. And this is a picture of our fam uh, just after we adopted our daughter and said sayonara to DCF. Um, But for you, it might mean replacing your anxiety with peace and presence. If you had some of these skills in your back pocket, it might mean filling your foster care journey with more joy and less overwhelm. It might mean connecting to your foster children and everyone in your life, basically, on a deeper level. 
And it's definitely going to mean the confidence to keep showing up for the kids in your care as you start showing up for you. And I feel like this is something that we say a lot. We're like, oh, you can't pour from an empty cup. And, you know, all those like really cool, fun quotes that we say about self-care. But like, truthfully, (laughs) we cannot show up for other people if we're not showing up for ourselves. So my hope is that you're here because a part of you realizes that and knows it. And you know that it's up to you to start doing what you can do to control what you can control to help make your foster care journey a little bit easier. And so my goal, as I said, is to teach you some ways to regulate your parasympathetic nervous system and make a plan for self-care that's going to reduce your foster care stress regardless of what's going on in your case. Because of course, you know, I'm looking at all the people here. There's a million different things probably going on in our foster care worlds right now and in our lives in general. But this stuff that I'm going to teach you tonight can be used for any of these scenarios. So stay tuned. First and foremost, I think we need to start by stating the obvious, which is so much of foster care and life is out of our control. Just as I said, I like to have the planner. I like to know when things are coming. I like to check things off my list. And foster care really throws that a lot in our faces. Even if we have, you know, pretty much been able to do that for most of our lives before foster care, it's pretty confronting (laughs) to be able to to be at the mercy of, you know, DSS and, and the state that we live in and the county and things like that. So what really happens is that this consistent feeling out of control causes our anxiety and stress to spike dramatically, obviously. And this is what activates our synthetic nervous system. And that is what's responsible for the fight, flight, or freeze response in our body. So you're probably familiar with that. But what a lot of people don't know is that being in this state of hypervigilance for too long can cause your body and brain to have a trauma response. So I have actually posted on Instagram about foster mama trauma. And truthfully, like there's some of my best rated posts because I feel like so many people are like, oh yeah, that's me. Like, this is what I'm experiencing as a foster mom. I didn't know holding all this stuff for so long could potentially have these effects on me and my mind and my body. But what's really true is that your brain and body will eventually begin to function the same way, potentially over time as someone with PTSD. So this is not meant to scare you or anyone out of fostering. It's just a reminder to you that we can do hard things when we appropriately take care of our body and mind. But if you look at these two brains in front of us, and I'm only going to be sciencey for a minute, the healthy brain on the left, the toxic stress brain on the right, and you can actually see majorly how much the the brain changes when it's under consistent toxic stress definitely impairs memory it changes the brain's actual structure people become more susceptible to mental illness and it truly just like kills brain cells you can see honestly the hippocampus is one of the only two locations where neurons are produced And despite the fact that the formation of new neurons does not seem to be affected, research shows that neurons produced during periods of stress are more likely to die within a week. So again, not to scare anybody, but just showing you like scientifically, this stuff is real. And, you know, because we can't see a brain scan of all of our brains, you might be like, well, how do I know if it's affecting me or not? If this chronic stress or anxiety is affecting me? Well, Some of the symptoms and signs that show up for us are feeling irritated or annoyed, like most of the time or a lot of the time, feeling out of control or that someone is trying to control you, 
feeling criticized or blamed or becoming defensive. Those are big signs. A few others are a quick temper, insomnia. That's a major one that I hear a lot. Eating too much or too little, overly fixating on your to-do list. So again, feeling like you're trying to control what you can control and really like micromanaging other people. That's a big one. And then zoning out and like numbing in unhealthy ways. That's Those are all just signs that chronic stress or anxiety could really be affecting you and taking a toll on you. So I have to bring a little bit of humor to this point because it could be feeling a little dark and heavy. So I'm, I love uh, fostering memes on Instagram, but I just thought these were funny, but they're also not funny, but we, I had to put them because, you know, they're funny because they're true. Um, when the case manager tells me more bad news, but I've reached my emotional capacity and he's like, I'll just put this over here with the rest of the fire. Cause it literally does feel like a big fat dumpster fire sometimes in our foster care journeys. Um, and then this one I had to put, cause I, who doesn't love a good mean girls meme, but 50% of foster parents within the first year of fostering get in loser. We're quitting foster care. And truly, as we know, 50% of foster parents do quit within the first year of fostering. And that was one of my big reasons why I started sharing these things online too, because clearly we need to try to support foster parents better so that they don't feel like they need to quit in the first year of fostering. But the reality is honestly that foster care does cause stress and anxiety for like everyone. I've never met a foster parent who's like, it was a breeze. It was the easiest thing we ever did. Like, even if they knew they were you know, on the road to adoption, you know, or if they knew reunification was definitely going to happen, that's, they still had stressful, anxious, and overwhelming moments in their foster care journey. So what can we do about it? Well, for starters, we need to explore how to manage the uncertainty and stress that you don't have to sacrifice your peace and joy while you foster, right? Like we're not trying to be the 50% that has to leave because it's just too much. And you could spend hours on Google trying to piece together the anxiety and stress management skills that will work best for you. But in my experience, personally and professionally, that causes more frustration and stress, especially for foster parents, because they're just trying anything, hoping that something will work for them. And the reality is, is that the strategies that actually work to deal with foster mama trauma are not the same old stress and anxiety relief tips that you can find just anywhere. So the reason for this is because foster care stress is chronic stress, which, as I said before, keeps us in that fight or flight mode, often without realizing it, for a prolonged period of time. So the problem with that is, is that when the fight or flight response persists and occurs in the absence of actual danger, it becomes anxiety that can then become the core of like anxiety disorders and other mental health issues and do that toxic stress on the brain that we saw. So once you learn the right coping skills for this type of stress and anxiety, you're going to have exactly what you need to deal with your foster mama trauma and live with much more joy and peace. And that's my, like the heart of my message is like, you don't, foster care doesn't have to suck as bad as it sucks right now for you. And if you hear nothing else, please hear that. There are things that you can do. So when I say this to people, oftentimes I get the pushback like, oh, like, are you just going to tell me to see a therapist or get on medication? And I'm like, no. But it's a good thing that you're here. So stay tuned throughout this class. And I'm going to walk you through some of the tried and true exercises um, that I do to help with foster mamas get a handle on their powerful emotions so that they and everyone they love can live in peace. And you're also going to learn practical solutions that you can start applying right away to manage the stress of foster care.
Here is how to create a self-care plan that works for your busy life. So let's get ready. Let's cue the jack jams. Let's dive in. As I said, most of the anxiety and stress that foster mamas I counsel deal with stem directly from the constant uncertainty of foster care. And this isn't just like what's going to happen with the case plan, because we all know that <laughs> what happens with the case plan changes all the time. But visit days get rescheduled on a dime. Different things are expected of you on a dime. Court dates get continued or we go there and it's just like, oh, just kidding. Court's not happening today. Or we get a Zoom that doesn't happen today. It seems like we just really never know what's happening until it actually happens. And so oftentimes in foster care, because of this, it's easy to get swept away by what we think is going to happen and when we think it will happen by. And this is completely natural, especially if like a caseworker or GAL or attorney is telling us that this is what is likely going to happen because sometimes they do and they think, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they have, but they're saying, oh, probably, you know, TPR within six months or who knows, reunification, you know, transitioning starting next month. But we never really know until it actually does happen. So because of this, there are two very important reasons to keep asking ourselves this question, what is true today? And that is one of the main things that we're going to focus on tonight, how we can change our thoughts, how we can reduce our stress by asking ourselves this question. And it's the first technique we're going to talk about, what is true today? And here's the reasons why we need to ask ourselves this question. The first one is what you think is going to happen may not actually happen. And I cannot tell you how many times in my foster care journey, literally, I'm like, oh, this has been told to me that this is going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. But in between that, it it's told to me that it's going to happen and it doesn't happen. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm acting as if it's going to happen, right? Or I'm wondering, will it happen? When will it happen? The other reason is, is that you don't want to miss what's happening while planning or trying to prepare for what could happen. And what I mean by that is that the present moment is always where your joy is going to take place. It's always where your peace is going to take place. So while it may feel like it's productive or helpful to start planning ahead for this transition plan or this, you know, permanency plan, whatever it is, it's actually not helpful. For the most part, what you want to do is to stay present in the moment that you're in today to experience the most joy and peace that is available to you today, because it's not found ruminating on the past and it's not found worrying about the future. So when you find yourself ruminating about the past or worrying about the future, take a journal or you can even use the voice memo on your phone. I use this a lot sometimes if I don't want to, if I can't write it down somewhere, but remind yourself what is true today? So really, honestly, just what is actually happening? Who are you responsible for caring for today? Where do the children in your care live today? What is true about bio parents, court dates, case plans? Be as clear and specific as possible and just stick to the facts that you truly know today. So literally, you might feel like a little silly doing this at first, but it is so helpful to just come back to the foundational truth of what we know today without judgment, without assuming anything else, 
just saying today, you know, these four kids live in my home. Today, my responsibility is taking care of these four kids. Today, I don't know what's going to happen for permanency for these kids. Because that's the only thing that's true. Even if other things have been told to me, it's not happening today. So this exercise works because it's really like a mini therapy session with yourself. You get to remind yourself of what is actually happening and bring yourself back to the present moment, which, as I said, is where the peace and the joy are found. Now, our brains are very awesome, highly functioning machines. They want a story that is certain, not necessarily one that is actually true. So this is why we start to like plan ahead and prepare for things because our brain is wired to do that. You're maybe hearing like, oh, we're going to be filing TPR or we're going to be very likely headed towards reunification. But 99% of the time on any given day, neither TPR nor reunification is happening, nor is court, nor is, you know, something stressful happening, a confrontation with someone in your case or a bio parent or family member. So instead of giving your brain a certain story, and I'm using air quotes right now, I should have put quotes on there, projecting by projecting what you think or what the caseworker thinks is going to happen, what you want to do is replace that with the certainty of what is actually true today. And then that reduces the stress in your mind and your body. So you're not having to think about what if, what if, what if, you're thinking about what is, what is, what is. And it, in the same way, in a better way, gives your brain and body the chance to process through, this is certain, this is actually true, and this is all I need to know right now. So the second technique that I want to teach you is to take, kind of spins off of that what is true today exercise and takes it a little bit further for even more stress relief. This is called the work. It's a series of questions, honestly, popularized by Byron Katie, but she really just took it from cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but it, she breaks it down in a really simple way so that you can ask yourself these questions anytime you're worrying about anything that's going to happen in your foster care case. And once you know these questions and practice this technique, you're going to be able to be well on your way to less stress on your foster care journey. So at first, again, like anything, it's going to feel like, huh, this feels weird and awkward, or why am I writing these questions down? But once you do it a couple of times, it's going to become like second nature. So the first question in the series of four is, is my anxious thought true? And just for the purpose of this you know, class, we're going to use an example. So my anxious thought, let's say, is that my foster daughter will be traumatized by the lack of transition plan in place for her as she reunifies. This is something that I hear a lot from foster families. It's definitely a concern. Transition plans tend to, well, can sometimes be not very great. So the first question is, is this thought true? Well, I think so. I mean, that's how I feel. So I guess that's my answer is, I think so. so is it true? The second question is, can I be absolutely certain that my anxious thought is true? Well, with going back to my example thought, if my daughter, if I'm feeling like she's going to be traumatized by the lack of transition plan in place as she reunifies, the answer is no. I can't be absolutely certain that this thought is true 
And the reason why is because I can't know ahead of time exactly how my foster daughter is going to respond to whatever transition plan or lack thereof occurs because it hasn't happened yet. I can't, I don't know the future. I don't know. I'm worried this is going to happen, but it's not absolutely certainly true that she's going to be traumatized. So question three then is, who am I when I believe my anxious thought is true? So when I believe this thought about my daughter's transition plan, I'm anxious, helpless, angry, ineffective. I want to punch somebody. It makes me really mad. I feel like I can't sleep at night. All these different things are who I am because I am believing this thought about my foster daughter's transition plan. Now, the fourth question is, who would I be if I could never have this thought again? If this thought, if it was impossible for me to think this thought again, who would I be? So if I never had this anxious thought again, I would be peaceful, joyful, hopeful, and empowered. I would feel like way different than the person who was anxious and ineffective and angry. And I think I would feel like way more easy. It would be easier for me to access the present moment and enjoy what is currently happening rather than worrying about the future. So then, is there a good reason to keep believing the old anxious thought? And the answer is no. <laughs> there is never a good rational reason never a stress-free reason to keep the old anxious thought. And here's why. Because if we can't be absolutely certain that the thought or our worry is definitely going to happen, then there's no reason to keep that thought because it's speculation. We don't know. And if I would much rather be the person who didn't have the anxious thought, the person who is peaceful, hopeful, joyful, effective, then it's actually much better for me to stop believing it, right? So the good news is once you realize this, you can create a new balanced thought to believe instead. And again, this is work. The easier thing to do is just be like ruminating and worried, but you're here because you don't want to do that anymore. So, and I'm very glad. So now, instead of just saying like, oh, don't think that way anymore, just don't think that thought, we can't really do that. That doesn't, our brains don't work that way, unfortunately. So we have to give them a new balanced thought. So here are some examples of alternative or balanced thoughts. The transition plan hasn't been officially set yet. So there's no need to worry about how my foster daughter will do with it. I can't control the transition plan, but I can determine how to help my foster daughter as far as it depends on me. I don't know how my foster daughter will react to the transition plan, but she knows I'll always be here for her come what may. And these are just examples, obviously, but you see what I'm doing. It's just taking what's actually true and putting it in perspective of what I can actually do about it. And if all else fails, I will say there are two therapist-approved coping skills that I must always add to every list of coping skills. And those are Starbucks and Target. You know it. I couldn't go without it. Some of you are lucky enough to have a Starbucks in your Target. We used to have a Pizza Hut in ours, and it made me really mad. That's a talk for another day. Okay, the third technique is a regular stillness practice to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So you may have heard it said that our bodies keep the score. It's true. <laughs> While it's obviously important to have a way to deal with our anxious thoughts as foster mamas, we must also have a plan to deal with the effects of that stress and anxiety on our bodies. 
So Bessel van der Kolk, who is the leading trauma expert in the world, says that the single most important issue for a traumatized for traumatized people is to find a sense of safety in their own bodies. So what people don't realize, and I think as foster parents, we certainly do not realize most of us, while we are going through the day-to-day of foster care, dealing with the uncertainty, the changes, the worries, the stress, we are all at the same time not feeling safe in our own bodies because our brains are telling us constantly that we're not safe even if we're not aware of our brain telling us that. And so therefore we don't feel safe in our bodies, which is how you can start to feel jittery, on edge, hypervigilant, angry, irritable, all those things. So again, Bessel van der Kolk also states, in our studies, we keep seeing how difficult it is for traumatized people to feel completely relaxed and physically safe in their bodies. And that is from his book, The Body Keeps the Score. So even as wild animals, experience trauma and sorry but this is the best picture i could find of this like this zebra is experiencing trauma right now because a lion is actively trying to eat it but i don't know if you've ever seen a video after a wild animal experiences trauma like this if like the zebra were to get away from this lion and i hope i hope for his sake that he did there literally is a physical reaction that the zebra goes through where they just shake they shake, they shake, they shake, like uncontrollably shake. And maybe you've even had that experience before. If you've been through something like a car accident or something else, I hope not, but some other traumatic experience like that, your body can just physically in, in not, you know, in your control to start shaking. And that's because our bodies need a physical way to process through trauma. So this is why I was talking about the parasympathetic nervous system in the beginning of this class is there are many practices that we can use to activate it. And that's what will recalibrate us from the trauma that we may be carrying in our bodies. So just as important as the thoughts, learning how to deal with these anxious thoughts is learning how to have a practice to deal with the stress in our bodies. And so the ideal solution to this chronic stress is a variety of practices rather than doing the same one over and over, but something is better than nothing. So don't hear me say that you have to have like something different every day, but it's just, it's good to mix it up. Um, But I'm going to start by just sharing a couple of movement practices with you. So the first one is yoga and don't be alarmed if you're not a yogi. I'm not either. And sometimes yoga can really intimidate me because I don't like when people watch me work out. So if I do yoga, I like to do it at home by myself, but you do you. I want you to understand that the benefit of yoga is different than other exercise for parasympathetic stimulation because it combines movement with breath work. And I'm going to talk about breath work in a little bit, but it really is important when you can kind of put the body and breath in sync the way that yoga um, practices often teach us to do. That is a very effective way to Uh, stimulate your, activate your parasympathetic nervous system and get some of that stress and trauma out of your body. But then honestly, any other exercise that you do is really, really good. Um, It, so the exercise itself does not (laughs) activate your parasympathetic nervous system, but it's actually the cool down phase of when your body is coming back down to its normal heart rate and breath rate and things like that, that um, puts that parasympathetic um, uh, stimulation in, in motion. 
So I also do want to talk about some stillness practices because this is what more what people think about, I think, when they think about uh, stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, but both of them, I always recommend a movement, a practice of some kind, as well as a stillness practice of some kind. So just think about these things, like think about what works for you. If you're like, I would way rather go rollerblading than do yoga, then that's totally fine. That can be your, that can be your movement practice. And likewise with some of the stillness practices as well. So first and foremost, doing anything one mindfully is can be a stillness practice. So I just put some examples up here. One of them, you know, taking a bath, giving your kid a bath, honestly, can can be something that you do one mindfully, which means one thing at a time, noticing everything about it, non-judgmentally, paying attention on purpose. That is what this is all about. So cuddling your cats, even washing your hands or doing dishes, if you do it slowly and intentionally and paying attention on purpose that is doing it mindfully and that even that can give you parasympathetic nervous system um, activation another one is massage which again you don't have to spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on massages i mean but even going and getting like you know a pedicure once in a while or just even like getting there's actually i got a really good massager off of amazon that was like 40 bucks it's like a heated little massager and you just plug it right in and it just does its little magic on you. It's like the little chair at the, the chair that you sit in at the, at the pedicure place, but it works so well. And that just taking 10 minutes to put that on and let it massage my neck. Like it is activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So these things don't have to cost a ton of money. Okay. Another one is prayer and meditation. No matter what your spiritual beliefs are, what your spiritual background is, prayer and meditation help you realize how little control you have, which is can be a scary thing to realize, but it's also a very powerful thing to realize. And it's just the quieting of your heart and mind and soul and just sitting in stillness. There are so many different types of prayer, different types of meditation that you can do, but they are all very effective ways to to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system to deal with this trauma that you're carrying. Some other helpful practices, just to give you some more ideas, there is progressive muscle relaxation, which is really great for you really kind of like tense up your muscles in a certain muscle group area, and then you release and you do it in a structured way that kind of goes all throughout your body. And that tensing and releasing is very good for the parasympathetic nervous system. As I said before, taking a hot bath is very stimulating, but uh, also as you cool down from it, like the same way as exercise, that can be very, very helpful. Um, and then breath work is something that is very good. Again, it helps you to regulate like your brain, the oxygen that your brain is getting um, and, and what your lungs are doing, like working it all together in a focused way is very good. It changes the structure of your brain over time. Same with meditation, prayer, all those things. And again, these are just suggestions. So take what works for you and leave the rest. If you're like, I'm never getting massaged. I hate massages. That's totally fine. Please feel free to do what works for you. Now, here's why you showed up tonight right? You decided that you need to finally deal with all that you have been feeling as a foster mama. You are maybe feeling the effects of chronic stress and anxiety. Maybe some of those things resonated with you. 
you're ready for more joy and energy as you foster. So you might then be asking, what other strategies do I need to know to deal with my foster mama trauma? How do I learn these strategies without spending tons of time and money in a therapist's office or trying my luck on Google? And how can I know exactly what strategies will help me the most at each point of my foster care journey? So recall with me that more peace and joy are available to you once you have a plan that really works to cope with the prolonged periods of stress that foster care can hand us. And also remember during the first few weeks of my foster care journey, I was freaking out and I was really wondering if I had bit off more than I could chew. And I thankfully then started to apply the skills that I used in therapy with my clients to ease my own sense of overwhelm and anxiety. That didn't mean that everyday foster care was easy. It just meant that I knew what to do on a hard day and I knew what to do in between the hard days to make the hard days less hard, if that makes sense. So you're stronger than you think you are, but if you're anything like me, you need a little guidance and support at times. So in other words, you just want someone to tell you what works. And there is still honestly so much more to teach you if you want to see big time changes in the shortest amount of time possible, which is why I want to introduce you to my new online course, Solutions for Foster Care Stress, which I like to affectionately call AKA exactly how to deal with your foster mama trauma. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated by any aspect of fostering, this course is exactly what you have been looking for. It's exactly what I needed in those first six weeks of my foster care journey. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make it. So here's what to do. If you're interested at all, if it piques your curiosity, visit fearlessfostering.com. All the information is right there. I still have some more that I would like to share with you tonight, as well as answer your live questions. Um, and I see them maybe in the Q&A versus the chat, or I can maybe fix the chat because I think my assistant was saying there might have been a problem with the chat, but we will figure it all out. But for those of you who haven't known me very long, I want to introduce you to a few of my past clients and students who can tell you what you need to know. Ashley has said that the course has helped her through many situations with encouragement, reflection, and good questions. So this is she, these are people who are, have taken a different course of mine because this course is literally launching tonight, brand new tonight. So these are people who have taken other courses by me. But Jen says, you need this course to add to your life toolbox, period. Thank you, Jen. Christine says, I'm so much able to decide what I need to move through anxious times as I work through this course. This is my hope and my heart for solutions for foster care stress as well. And so much so that I'm honestly giving a money back guarantee for it because I'm like, I know this is exactly what worked for me. This is exactly what works for the foster mamas that I do one-to-one -one coaching sessions with. So I'm just gonna give people two full weeks to go through the course and all the bonuses risk-free. And if you don't love the program, I just give you a refund because honestly, like I'm just here to help foster moms. So I'm not here to like, haggle or whatever. I'm just here seriously because I know this stuff works and I know it will help. So if you are curious about what you will get inside the Solutions for Foster Care Stress course, I will walk you through that. It's really just guidance, encouragement, and actionable steps to reduce your stress and anxiety. So more peace and joy are available to you once you have a plan that really works to cope with prolonged periods of stress. And this course gives you the exact guidance and encouragement that you need for every hard day of your foster care journey. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that. These are tips and techniques that you can turn to time and again. 
So with immediate and lifetime access to the course, you'll never have to wonder, what should I do when foster care throws you a curveball? You're going to know exactly how to process your emotions and increase your peace every single time. Because the way this course is set up is it's like, oh, it's, it's court coming up and I'm worried about it. I click on the court day, you know, lesson, you know, the part of the, it's basically a plan rather than even an online course. It's like, what do I do if? bio family doesn't like me click. And then it tells you, it, it tells you some encouragement that you need to hear and exactly some exercises that might help you along. So this course again is designed for a plan for every day of your foster care journey. You visit day stressing you out, click the visit day module. You'll get a brief video of what you might need to hear that day, a suggested active self-care and a brief stillness practice that will best regulate you. I tried to make it as simple as I possibly could. Honestly, there are worksheets, there are meditations, but all of it for like each day is going to take like between five and 15 minutes at the most, because I know that we're busy people. So the course is also pre-recorded, so you can fit it in whenever is best for you, which I think is important again for busy foster mamas. And with this course, you're seriously going to be much better equipped to handle the demands of fostering. You're going to recognize the signs of burnout and compassion fatigue in yourself. You're going to have a plan that works to reset your mind and body whenever necessary. You're going to be less irritable and triggered by those around you. Thank goodness. <laughs> be able to cope ahead for extra stressful situations like court or visit days and experience more peace, joy, and presence no matter what happens with your case. So enroll tonight. If you enroll tonight, you're going to get a $100 credit towards a retreat or a session with me. As I said before, my hope is to support you through this course and in any other way that would serve you. So if you enroll now, you're going to automatically receive $100 off credit for future use on a retreat or a session that never expires. You're also going to get a bonus module called Mindfulness for Foster Mamas, which is basically like an introductory course of mind on mindfulness, because I feel like a lot of the foster moms that I chat with, like kind of have an idea about what mindfulness is, but a lot of the time it's kind of nebulous or it's this idea and they're not sure, but there's just actionable things that you can do to put it, put it more into practice in your everyday life that will help your foster care journey. And there's also going to be additional videos and materials added to the course each month. So if you even go through it and you're like, Oh, I would love to see a module on this. I would love to see a lesson on this or a video on this, or I have a question about this. Simply reach out to me and I can make that happen. And that's what I'm going to continue to do over time. And this is going to be, you know, information that's not available on Instagram or anywhere else. It's only available in this course. So the total value for the Solutions for Foster Care Stress course and bonuses is over $1,000, $1,044. I did the math. My husband's a math teacher. Um, but you can get it all tonight for $3.97 or four interest-free payments of $99. So if you're interested, like I said, visit fearlessfostering.com. It's right there, right on the page. When you get there, you won't miss it. You can enroll and we can get started right away with having a plan for your foster care journey. And like I said, you're going to get 14 days to test drive it for free. And if you don't love it, I'll just give your money back. Like I'm really so strongly believing that this course is going to be the exact game changer that you're looking for when it comes to dealing with your foster mama trauma. So I just want you to at least be able to try it out risk-free. So if you want this to be the year that you finally commit to pursuing joy on your foster care journey, prioritizing your mental health as you foster, practicing regular self-care, 
processing through your complex foster care feelings. Then I will see you inside Solutions for Foster Care Stress. And I cannot wait to support you there. And I really just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me. If you are wanting more information about this, this course is available only for 10 days. So January 26th, it's going away. I'm opening it for a short amount of time. But visit fearlessfostering.com. And if you have questions, feel free to email me or you know message me on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have as well. 